Hello, and thanks for listening to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. If this is your first time listening to Obsessed, be sure to check out our other episodes. The episode before this is a role-playing game special, and the episode coming out after this one is all about Star Trek. I've got a ton of shows coming up. In Minneapolis, I'm recording a new comedy album called Flawfest on September 27th and 28th. Then on October 5th, we'll have a live recording of a brand new episode of the Obsessed podcast about people who are obsessed with podcasts. Then on Friday, October 11th, I'll be doing a show with my pals The Double Clicks and Josh Kagan in L.A. at the M-Bar. For info on all these shows and more, you can visit my website at josephscrimshaw.com. Finally, this episode was recorded live at DragonCon, and unfortunately, the recording turned out a lot like the convention itself. It's a little noisy, a little weird, but still awesome. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy Obsessed. This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Obsessed. Thank you. Thank you all very much for coming to Obsessed. You just heard Molly Lewis live because we are here together at DragonCon. And DragonCon is an awesome convention. This is one of my favorite conventions because of just the sheer volume of costumes. One of my favorite things about going to any convention, and DragonCon is the best for it, is seeing people in awesome, elaborate costumes just do normal human being things, like try to use the bathroom or fight with their spouse on the phone. It's Awesome. And I, I am going, I'm on a quest to see a man in a really good Batman costume eat a taco. <laughs> and I looked for this at Comic Con and I reported that I wanted to see this at Comic Con and I got a bunch of tweets like, yeah, you'll see one every block. But no, it's really, really difficult. And the one Batman that the world found for me found it too difficult to chew the taco with his cowl on. So he had to lower his cowl. And then I just had a picture of fucking Bruce Wayne eating a taco. And that's not what I want. I want to see Batman eating a taco. So if any of you guys happen to see Batman eating a taco... Not a burrito. Not a burrito. No, I want a taco, and then we'll go to the next level. And then we'll go to burritos. A taquito is a possibility. But please just, like, tweet me right away if you see Batman eating a taco. If you see Batman hovering near a taco... <laughs> That's even better because I might have time to get there myself. Do you have a preference for soft shell or hard shell? Uh, I think Batman's going to go hard shell. I mean, he's not a wuss, for God's sakes. That's ridiculous. So, uh, and on that note, I'd like to introduce uh, my guests. I have several fabulous guests. Not only uh, the wonderful Molly Lewis, who will be my sidekick and perhaps say hey oh. Hey As necessary. Uh, we also have uh, a wonderful and talented uh, writer and a raconteur and a podcaster and a producer and a man about DragonCon, Mr. Ken Plume. Thank you for that wholly inaccurate description of everything that I don't do. Oh, you raconteur? Uh, I do raconteur. You will raconteur on this very I've podcast. Been, I've been convicted for raconteur. <laughs> Hmm. All right, I'm not going to linger on that. Uh, I also have a, a wonderful vlogger, a very funny man who has made a career out of YouTube videos of wonderful positive pranks, Mr. Greg Benson. Thank you, Joseph. It's nice to be here. <laughs> no, no, it is nice to be here. It is nice to yeah. be here. I Thank like you, being places. Hi. Hello, everyone. Uh, and finally, Bill Corbett. 
<laughs> Bill is also all of the wonderful things that I said to other people. He's also a raconteur and a writer and performer. And, and I have Ken Bloom and Greg Benson. That's right. That's right. And it's several, several YouTube videos that feature Bill Corbett that he knows nothing about. Oh, dear. He's very active in his sleep. He's scared. Uh, so we had originally planned to have James Urbaniak on the panel, but he actually got a uh, double book, so sadly James won't be here. So uh, Bill... And Greg stepped in at the last minute, so their obsessions are brand new to me, so we'll be kind of flying by the seat of our pants. So first, let's just go down, and we're going to hear about each of the guests. Just give me the basic, what your obsession is, and a very short sort of why. Ken? Uh, I, I believe my obsession is uh, the Muppets. Uh, Jim Henson's Muppets, not Disney's Muppets. Uh, I want to clarify that right up front, because that's a very hurtful subject for me still. Uh, no, going back to, you know, as, as a small child watching the Muppet movie on a endless loop on video disc, as one does in the early 80s when it was on discount from the local Errol's video store. Uh, Muppet show, endlessly, reading books, meeting Muppeteers eventually. Sad, really. No, 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 no. So the video disc, is, is, you had to flip it? You had to flip it. Well, the video disc was analog. It's essentially a record, a vinyl record that played video. You were no, saying words that children don't know. So you had to flip it in the middle of the movie? Where in the film did you flip? So that was flipped when he did the uh, Fozzie is singing America the Beautiful. And is he rudely interrupted in the he, middle? He's rudely interrupted by, by analog static. <laughs> nice. And a sad child having to walk over to a sad video disc player to flip it over to find out what happens next. Even though you'd seen it a million times. I had to see it a billion and one. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and Greg, what is your obsession? Uh, you know, uh, I've always uh, loved movies. And when I was a kid, I, I probably saw It's a Wonderful Life first. And that introduced me to... Uh, Jimmy Stewart, and then I saw probably Harvey and the Glenn Miller story, and I became absolutely obsessed with Jimmy Stewart, and I made it my goal in life to see every single movie that he ever made, and it, there was a, there were over a hundred, and I think I just finished about a year and a half ago. And, and how many were crap? Out of out of a hundred and twenty or whatever, there, there, there's a good thirty that are nearly unwatchable. There's, there's a whole lot of them that are just terrible movies. Yeah, but you just forced yourself there. Oh, you have to watch every minute of them. I, I love this picture of you just Jimmy Stewart just being on the screen trying to be charming, and you're just writhing in pain. Yeah, yeah. trying to there's get through hor some horribly dull movies in there. Uh, some like terrible movies like Magic Town and <laughs> Pot O Pot O Gold or Pot O Luck or something like that. Is he Irish? In that one, I, I don't even remember. I've tried to block it from my mind. <laughs> yeah, excellent. And Bill, what is your obsession? Well, uh, continuing the the media based obsessions, uh, mine is a 1970s movie called Billy Jack, and it actually became a series of movies. But it's about a uh, well, the, the short version is that it's about a half breed Indian who protects a school full of kind of big hippies by using karate against the big, mean, redneck bullies of the town. That is awesome. Yeah. And so, Oh, I know. <laughs> and did you, you, did you ever yourself learn karate? I did learn karate, yeah. And, and uh, inspired somewhat by Billy Jack, I got, you know, as far as my attention span ever takes me anywhere, which was to Purple Belt, which is a sort of embarrassing color for a belt. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess with me. I'm purple. That's yeah. right. Nice. I'm very festive. 
Okay, so I have some pointed questions uh, for each of you, uh, and Ken's are written down, and the other gentleman I'll just be pulling out of my ass. Uh, so, Ken. Oh, by the way. <laughs> enjoy. I can't get the song One Tin Soldier out of my head. Thanks, Bill. Uh, is, is that from, is that a Billy Jack reference? Is it that is a Billy indeed. Jack reference? Can, All right. can it is stick indeed. to your own area, please? Sorry. I okay. had that 45 as a child also endlessly played. Did you flip uh, Billy Jack on video disc? No, I did okay. not. I didn't. I never saw Billy Jack until I was twenty-five, twenty-six. But I listened to that a that forty-five. Yes, well, that forty-five as a child. That was that was a touchstone for me. The much hoped for Billy Jack Muppets crossover never happened. Perhaps later in the podcast, it will. Big boom. Uh, but for now, Ken, uh, I want you to tell me how would your life be different if the Muppets were not in it. Uh, I don't. I think that the Muppets are what really inspired me to look at at the people behind uh, uh, the things that I love. The, the, the idea that, because the Muppets were not animation where you didn't actually see the work of the animator firsthand. Right. Whereas you knew there were puppeteers under there. You could do what they were doing on screen much easier than if you had to find you know a camera to shoot animation and right. make something. So you saw the Muppets and you said, I want to know who's beneath Kermit. I did well at the time. Jim Henson was not precious about. <laughs> Thanks, listen, guys. Thanks. Listen, I, I get your ass fixation with the Muppets. <laughs> uh, the fact that Jim Henson was not precious about going on talk shows with Kermit on his hand, right. and and performing Kermit, so you could see that there was an artistry, that there was a puppeteer that was operating and bringing this thing to life. And the magic was that when he was doing it, you paid attention to Kermit, not to Jim. Cool. Jim was in frame, you weren't looking at Jim. And that, to me, was fascinating to see someone who could so completely own and control that magic that just by activating that skill and talent that he had, you would fixate on that, even if he was there with it. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so, Greg. Yes. If... I've, I've been racking my brain to think if Jimmy Stewart ever appeared with the Muppets, and I don't think that he did. Hmm. Which is a shame because I do love the Muppets as well. Unless he was on an America Sings special well, in the mid sixties. <laughs> well, may, again, maybe maybe we'll have a mashup at the at the end of the podcast where we can bring all of these loves together and I create something so. something special. Uh, so, if Jimmy Stewart were still alive today, boy, well, a lot of people would be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> what oh, or, or let's uh, even better if you could bring him back from the dead. Sort of what? A zombie Jimmy Stewart? A really healthy zombie Jimmy Stewart. Okay. Like, he's got his flesh on and everything. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. good. Uh, it, what kind of film would you cast him in? What kind of roles in modern films would Jimmy Stewart just kick ass in? Boy, it's really hard to imagine because now I'm stuck on the idea of zombie Jimmy Stewart. Okay, well, let's run with that. Zombie <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. If, if we had zombie Jimmy Stewart back today, I would cast him uh, probably opposite Abe Vigoda uh, as <laughs> unlikely roommates. Um, during an apocalypse. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Would Abe Vigoda? He's still alive, or did I, he just I, pass away? I, I think he's still alive. Isn't he's Abe still, he's still alive. alive. He better be. Okay. Yeah. I I love Abe Vigoda. He's 180 years old. Abe Vigoda is the closest we have to Jimmy Stewart right now. So you would have a man who is like seconds from death. Yes. Be roommates to a man who has come back from the dead. Yes, and 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 we we enjoy their wacky adventures yeah. together. Um, Which one would they, be messy? They eat a lot of saltines. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know if that's exciting in a movie, but they eat a lot of saltines and, you know, ride escalators. 
I, I'm really not very good with, <laughs> with coming up with movie ideas, I guess. It's, hey, they, did you see that movie where uh, Abe Vigoda and Jimmy Stewart ride escalators and eat saltines? That was a great movie. The the riding escalators sounds like a great indie film from sure. the 90s, though. Just oh, yeah, yeah. Old men riding escalators? That's a great sensitive 90s indie film. I think, I think actually, I saw that one. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, who, who directed Down by Law? That was one of his films. Jim Jarmusch? Yeah, it was a Jim Jarmusch film. Yeah, yeah. Tom Waits was in there, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Bill, Sir. if you could recast Billy Jack with any actor, if you were remaking Billy Jack today, who would you put into the Billy Jack role? Wow, that's a tough one. Um, the, the original actor who did him uh, is a guy named Tom Laughlin, and he started out in movies like Gidget, you know, those sort of beach, uh, beach blanket movies. He's just sort of a handsome football player looking guy. Um, but then he... He started to think he was smart <laughs> and self-aware. Uh, I'm trying to think of the equivalent of that today, um, because he really he really didn't do much besides 50s and early 60s cheese ball movies before becoming wholly identified with Billy Jack, at least for people like me. So uh, it couldn't be somebody big like Ryan Gosling or somebody like that, but somebody with those kind of bland, good looks. Um, kind of a but a meteor dude. I don't know. I'm open to suggestions. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds is not bad actually. Yeah. Although even his level of fame is probably Casper Van Dien. Casper Van Dien. Very good actually. <laughs> yeah. My pal Casper. Um, yeah, it would have to be this sort of like very kind of solid, good-looking, you know, captain of the football team who's gone a little berserk. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Ken, who is your least favorite Muppet and why? This is a horribly, horribly constructed question for for me right now. I I just you're hurting me. You're hurting me by trying to pick someone that. If yeah, if all of the Muppets were on an you island, want me to kill a Muppet. Yeah, what they're all in a building. It's on fire, yeah. and you, there, there's only one you can't I'm say. I'm symbolically sacrificing a Muppet. To your your mad podcast scheme. Yeah, this is nothing compared to what you do on your podcast. I think. See, it's sad because it's tied up because I know the Muppeteers behind it, so I'm, I'm actually saying, well, I didn't really like your performance. At the same time, you wouldn't be yeah. getting them out of work though. Well, I know. It's, it's more of a reflection on the character than, yeah. than the puppeteer. Okay. My next question is, which puppeteer would you murder? <laughs> <laughs> that I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, then who would you murder no, and why? <laughs> and how? Uh, with the puppet, of course. I, I'm going to go with the larger Java Muppet. Wh- which one is the larger Java Muppet? The, the, well, the Java Muppets were... Uh, the Muppets during the 60s would do a lot of appearances on talk shows. They'd be on Ed Sullivan, they'd be on The Tonight Show, and the Java Muppets were basically this elaborate act where you had this tube Muppet, rather large tube Muppet, would be dancing around. It was all uh, black cloth, black, okay. black clothing, so you didn't see, the cameras didn't pick up that the puppeteer was actually just behind it, manipulating the thing. Uh, so you had this large one, and it's sort of like, have you ever seen the... Um, Nutcracker suite from Fantasia. Yeah. You have the little mushroom trying to barge So Okay, so I, be- I'm hearing a lot of details, but bottom line, you would eliminate an incredibly obscure Muppet from the 1960s that you made only choose. you remember. Yes. Okay, but I learned something, and that's the whole point. <laughs> I'm really surprised, since you're not a fan of the, the Disney Muppets, the new Muppets, that you didn't want to like, get rid of Gary. Isn't that the newest Muppet? Yeah. I thought we're not talking about the Disney Muppets. 
<laughs> well, we might be talking about it later. Just to torture you, Ken. Fine, Gary. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and Greg, why does Jimmy Stewart talk like that? It is a speaking disorder <laughs> that he was born with. Um, I think also, you know, when you eat that many crackers, <laughs> you know, a lot of them get lodged in the throat. And Plus it the escalator riding, yeah. the, the altitude, <laughs> yeah. something to it. It brings it up to the higher register. And the, the, the true answer is he talks like that because he's awesome. Well, what do you think in general of it? It, it seems like, I don't think there are that many actors, maybe like Arnold Schwarzenegger or somebody who has like an accent, but it seemed like kind of these classic Hollywood actors all kind of had these voices that no matter what character they played, it would still be the same kind of yeah. voice. It's like you, they, can't, you can't imagine Cary Grant walking around talking like Cary Grant no. does in movies. He probably just drops that. Or Marilyn Monroe, for that matter. Yeah. She got, you know, in person, she didn't, she wasn't so whispery, so sexy all the time. Do you think she was just really loud and booming and brassy? She was probably more like Mae West. <laughs> more like, Hello, John F. Kennedy. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mr. President. I got you a fucking cake. <laughs> Take it. Somebody get Marilyn out of here. Let's go burn a Muppet. <laughs> Bring me the movie, Marilyn. Uh, so, Bill. Yeah. Uh, what was the most formative part of Billy Jack? Was it the karate? Was it... The social issues. What was the the part that that stays with you the most? You know what? I, I concluded that it was the combination of the two, which was a heady mix for uh, a young dork like myself who kind of was developing a social conscience and wanted to care about issues, uh, you know, like racism, and, you know, the war and all that but needed something to make it go down better, like kicking the bad guy's asses. <laughs> so, <laughs> Billy Jack brought that together for me. He was, he, was, he was like politically correct, to use that term, and it was kind of where my mind was at at the time, but he really like, he beat the snot out of the bad guys, and that was very, very important to get my attention. So, so the, the sort of message of let's all kick ass for peace Exactly. You know, we, we'll try this piece up to a point, but if it doesn't work out, I'm going to do a roundhouse kick to your jaw. <laughs> really resonated with me. And that's where, I think that's worked out well for you in life, right? I mean, that's kind of your motto. I am about to kick somebody, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so, Ken, here's one that you, I think you'll like a lot more. If Kermit and Miss Piggy could have a baby, what would it look like? I mean, a bouncing baby fig? A fish baby. A, a fish baby? A it fish it baby. would look yes. like a... No, I, well, I, I think... Well, well, I'm trying to think it would go through the same gestation period, but have a, a aquatic stage, like a frog, but with a snout. It would not be a pretty thing. We've seen what a bear-frog uh, hybrid would look like in Great Muppet Caper. Yeah, but I don't care about that. No. <laughs> so you think it would look like some sort of Lovecraftian monster? I, I think it would look like, like a, a, a frog with hooves. A frog with hooves. And what what do you think the Muppet, what would they call it? What would its name be? Gary. <laughs> <laughs> it would be an abomination against God and man. That, that, that we do know. Gary. Excellent. Now I'm just hungry for a fish pig. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, Greg, is it is it true that Jimmy Stewart was a, a World War II ace pilot fighter? He, yes, he was, actually. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how, how often they really had him fly. You know, you don't want to put Jimmy Stewart in too much danger when he, you know, he was not drafted. He, 
he, he chose to go to war, which is he's very American sort of a guy. He's just really a, a good American. And uh, when World War II uh, happened, he just went right out there and enlisted. Um, but, you know, it's, it's interesting because Jimmy Stewart, he made all these um, very positive sort of happy movies uh, up until the point when he left, you know, for the war. And then the first thing that he did when he came back and he hadn't acted for uh, five, six years, something like that, he, uh, he did It's a Wonderful Life. Wow, that, that was, was his first film back. That was his first time back, and it's a really dark movie. A lot of people, you know, just, if you haven't seen it recently, you might remember it's just like a lovely Christmas movie, which it is, but it's a very dark character, and it's full of despair, and it's really one of his most incredible performances, and uh, I don't know if he could have done a movie like that before going off to war. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that he didn't have that sort of emotional weight. Uh, yeah, well, he did. He did show some of his darker side. I mean, in one of his first movies, in his first handful of movies, he played uh, a killer in one of the uh, Thin Man movies. Oh, cool! Wow, yeah. that's a spoiler alert if you haven't seen that movie. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart I'm gonna murder you now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> crush his doll. That's all. <laughs> one of the things I like the most about It's a Wonderful Life is it is just like two hours of just the world shitting on Jimmy Stewart. He has dreams and we watch them being slowly crushed. And yes. you know, he's just drunk and angry. And then at the end of the movie, his Kickstarter gets funded. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's like, you know what? I guess everything is okay. <laughs> my, my friends yeah. all came through for me. Friends, yep. yeah. Save yeah. the old savings and loan. Now, Greg, am I correct in remembering that? It's a Wonderful Life was a failure financially at the time. At first, it was. It was too dark. After the war, everybody wanted happy movies, and then uh, you know Frank Capra cast uh, Jimmy in this, this dark film, and, and no one wanted to go see it. It took uh, actually. Here's what it took to get it to get people to finally start watching that movie. It took the copyright to lapse, so that it became a public domain film, and then TV stations started showing it for free. Yeah. And then once uh, once it was in the Free rotation, especially around Christmas time, that exploded, and now it's just it's just part of our cool. culture. Uh, so, Bill, building on that, what would a Billy Jack Christmas special look like? <laughs> um, he'd be on the side of, of Jesus and the angels, of course, but uh, but there'd be a fair amount of uh, roundhouses to jump. I, I just have to mention this: the way these subjects connect. Billy, um, Jimmy Stewart and Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Billy Jack actually uh, the the character made a series of they made a series of movies with him, but it culminated. The final one was called Billy Jack Goes to Washington, which was a remake of the of the Frank Capra Jimmy Stewart thing, except that he kicked the shit out of people. <laughs> like fellow congressmen? Well, yeah, and you know, and uh, military industrial bad guys in general. But is, is this like? 20 minutes long this film that he like literally walks to Washington and then just starts kicking people? No, no, he actually gets elected to Congress and you have to believe that in in this, the first sequel he actually is in like a Malay type massacre and a Kent State thing. Like they go through the entire <laughs> 60s with him in the middle of it. Um, and he has killed a lot of people by then, but he gets elected to Congress. <laughs> <laughs> well, over the threat of death, I'd vote yeah. for Billy Jack. Going to kill me. They do the scene in the chamber with him, you know, collapsing on his desk, but then later on he goes to a warehouse and beats the living shit out of some guy. Nice. And, and oddly, many of the congressmen were played by Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> they all look... Bring it all together, guys. Like Gary the Pig Frog Baby. Uh, okay. So I, I like to ask people on the podcast just kind of some, some general questions to kind of get a sense of how obsessed you are, because I like to see who is the most obsessed of the people I'm talking to. Uh, so, Ken, 
have you ever made it through a social event without talking about the Muppets? Yes. How difficult is that for you? Somewhat. Excellent. Uh, Greg, does Jimmy Stewart come up a lot when you're drunk? <laughs> Do you get like tipsy and corner people at parties and go, let's talk about Jimmy Stewart? You know, I'm the wrong guy to ask about drunk questions because I've been drunk maybe three times in my whole life. Wow. Yeah, I know. I'm uh, I'm, a reg- I'm a regular Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Are you just not a big drinker in general? I'm just, I'm not. I've never done any drugs and I've been drunk just a few times and those were kind of by accident. Uh-huh. Yeah, just didn't, didn't really care for it. So... Uh, but but I do corner people and talk about Jimmy Stewart when I'm <laughs> completely sober at parties. Hey, come here for a second. Come here, I gotta talk to you. Why? Wow, what's up, Greg? So Jimmy Stewart made a movie called Best Friends in and there was a scene. Yeah, <laughs> that happens a lot. Excellent, uh, Bill. How many times total have you watched Billy Jack? Oh, um, it is more than a dozen. Yeah, and the sequels too. At least uh, probably five, seven times each. They get they get dopier as they go. Okay, excellent. Uh, Ken, uh, you how much money do you think you've spent on Muppets action figures? Well, the great thing about that is maybe six dollars. Really? Yeah. So you? But am I incorrect in thinking that your home office is full of Daleks and Muppets? Daleks and Muppets and. Uh, Fruit McDuck figures and oh my, yeah. So this is part of your sort of producery magic, right? You have made some connection. You have, you have watched, carefully observed, and found the correct person to influence so that they will send you free Muppet yes. action figures. So I correct? can tomb myself. <laughs> the tomb of yes. the Muppets. Yes, that would be your film. Some sad tomb common that they would find. So do you have like all of the Muppet action, action figures? Yes. That uh, Palisades Toys put out. Yes, well, I was on their mailing list, so basically anything that they did, they sent. And what did you do to make that happen? I made a phone call. To who? <laughs> to Billy Jack? <laughs> yes. Go kick me some Muppets. Uh, no, I, I I knew the press people, and uh, I you know I I run a site where I can feature these things, and I was known within the Muppet community, and some things I helped out <laughs> I helped out on, like the if anyone remembers Master Replicas put out the Kermit the Frog replica and the Gonzo rep- and the Animal replica. Well, I hooked them up with the former uh, Muppet Workshop person who helped do those recreations so they could actually have a template to send off to China to be able to make frogs. Excellent. That's amazing. Yeah, I, Thanks I, for outsourcing I, our jobs, Ken. <laughs> I, uh, I have a connection now between James Stewart and the Muppets, an actual connection. Okay, what Although is it? Although I just looked it up and they, you know, they never appeared together. But I do remember that in the movie It's a Wonderful Life, and maybe a lot of you might remember this as well, the taxi driver and the cop are named oh, yeah. Ernie and Bert. That's right. Oh. And those were the names that inspired uh, Jim Henson to name those characters Ernie and Bert. Wow. Yeah, there you go. There's the connection. That's awesome. That's you cool. think just to pay back Henson, you know, Jimmy Stewart would have appeared on the Muppet Show or something. I'm sure that Jimmy was in the audience when they presented at the Oscars. Sure. And were nominated in 79 for oh, yeah. movie. Could they be. might have run into each other in the bathroom. Oh, Jimmy at one stall, Kermit at the other. I see your hand can do more than operate a puppet. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I want, Ken. This is what I've been wanting this whole time, for you to go blue on the Muppets. 
thank you. Please I, stay on this track for the rest for of the mind. podcast. Just for you. Uh, so, Greg, if somebody made a Jimmy Stewart action figure, would you purchase a Jimmy Stewart action figure? Oh, absolutely. I'm just trying to think what would Jimmy Stewart be doing in action. From what yeah. film? From Rear Window. You know, I, I think... <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Stewart in a little wheelchair with his, with his foot up. Um, no, I think actually a Jimmy Stewart action figure would most likely be from one of his westerns. I can imagine him as, you know, as a cowboy with a, with a six-shooter. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah his hat. But if it and was... His gruffy face. If it was just Jimmy Stewart the human, what uh, what kind of accessories do you think he would come with as a human being? Well, he loved drag, so he probably would have been in drag. Wait, a lot wait, of people what? Know what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. No, no. It's, no it's, it's not true at all. <laughs> I had this wonderful picture of him in just this big, beautiful southern dress flying in his airplane shooting down Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like a Kickstarter for a graphic yeah. novel, right there. And his plane was called the Southern Bell, right? I mean, that was... that's the movie that was never released, will <laughs> never be released. Would he come with a notebook full of poetry? Oh yes, he would come with a notebook uh, full of his own poems. I met Jimmy Stewart when he released his his book, uh, yeah, book of poems. It's it's about that thin. I'm sure. You, yeah, this is, this is super kind of super thin. It's right? a good a good visual for your <laughs> audio podcast. He's pinching the that air, is. like it's yeah. very thin. And uh, I stood in line at a, at a uh, Borders Books or something like that for a long, long time just to get him to sign my book and take a little picture and say, you changed my life. How old were you? I was I was in college at the time, so I was college age. <laughs> yes. Like 28? Which for me, it was 32. <laughs> 32. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, so, Bill, if you had to, would you get... A Billy Jack tattoo, and if so, where would you put it on who's your body? To say I don't have one. <laughs> Bill, do you have a I Billy mean, Jack tattoo? That's, that's who's to say. Um, if I were to get a Billy Jack tattoo, I would have the full scene across my entire back of when he is in a circle of rednecks who think they're going to beat him up, but they quickly learn that they will not be doing that because he kicks their asses. So it would be, it might even be like a storyboard of the whole thing going down my entire uh, dorsal set. In fact, I'm going to do that after this podcast. So it's it's panel after panel showing? Yeah, yeah. So there's like a tense standoff at the top of your back, and it's as we get crazy. lower and lower, there's more ass kicking as we get close, right. closer and closer to your ass. By the time you're the ideal, all the bad guys are at the gr- on the ground. So they're like falling down your legs. Yeah. Oh, that's... Yeah. That's beautiful. I'm not a visual person, but it will be for you. <laughs> I'm very glad with that. crossover between Billy Jack and Walking Tall now. <laughs> uh, okay, so Ken, if the Muppets were outlawed by the government, would you join a resistance movement? Yes. Yes, I would. Would you literally take up arms and in, in kill other humans? Yes. I would have to have someone operate the right hand, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> So wait, you would actually have a Muppet with a weapon to, would you feel obligated to shoot with a Muppet? I would, yes. Okay. Well, well I mean, it's, it's uh, we're fighting for them. Sure. They should be on the front line. How does that work legally? I think no one would know it was you because you were carrying a Muppet well, that I was would, shooting people. Yes, I would dress all in black and be required that I be filmed with a television camera, and they would not see I was there. <laughs> What would be your preferred Muppet if you had to take up arms? Gonzo. 
Well, that's it. Yeah, he's the perfect one. Shock and awe. And he would have you like never know what he's up. Just a, below. a huge machine gun shaped like a chicken. I think I think he'd fire eggs. <laughs> I think you would win that war very quickly. Wouldn't be surprising. He is an alien. We found out. Uh, in, in, in the movie that Ken and I completely disagree about, he does not like the movie Muppets from Space. I think it was a major comeback. Excellent. Why do you hate uh, a comeback from what? From the horrible nineties. Yeah, they made some really crappy movies, and yeah. this is a really, really fun movie. That yes, movie but, that, but that's delightful. the same kind of thinking that informs, you know, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek films. It's, the desperation for something means you'll forgive anything. Just because it's better than bad doesn't mean it's good. I, I, I really like J.J. Abrams Star Trek films. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's, that's a, a different I mean, obsession. Sorry, really it's good. a slippery defense. <laughs> We're opening up like ten obsessions right now. <laughs> <laughs> I hate a movie that everybody loved, and I'm going to try to prove it by telling you about another movie that I hate that everybody loved. <laughs> is it's like a Mandelbrot set here. Yeah, but but it does reinforce the fact that yes, you would take up arms in resistance movement. Would. You would probably go to war over Star Trek too, right? I would absolutely. I, I think Muppets from Space is a much more enjoyable movie than this recent movie, The Muppets. I will listen. I will agree with you on that. Yeah, because The Muppets I, was so sad. I'm really sad. Sad Kermit. Should I refrain? Because you mentioned you you might want to open that wound. Sure, I'll open that wound in just a moment and just okay. see uh, what what uh, comes uh, flying out. I'll leave uh, it. This is a a classic question that gets asked on the podcast a lot, Greg. Yes, but uh, would you stop having sex to watch a Jimmy Stewart movie? No way! So a Jimmy Stewart movie comes on the television that you were you didn't even know it existed. Uh huh. You wouldn't even be like, "Honey, just give me just just a few minutes." No, no. I would I would reach for the DVR remote and I would just hit record and then just just keep on going. <laughs> so but Greg, I'm I'd, over here, Greg. I'd even mute it so that I wouldn't really be distracted. <laughs> I'm like, "What's this scene about?" <laughs> I would mute it. I'd leave on the visuals so I could glance over every once in a while. I mean, you know, I'm crazy. Yeah, just something to something to kind of keep you keep you going. Just, sure, just, sure, absolutely. I think we're all like that. Something that, to keep the excitement. Yeah, you know, you're 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 making love and you want to look up every once in a while and see Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> a little thumbs up. Yeah, keep going, especially buddy. Especially if it's an older Jimmy Stewart, that's pretty hot. Oh. <laughs> what? what? Oh, come on! Like I'm the only one who's really attracted to eighty-something-year-old Jimmy Stewart. Am I? I'm the only one. Okay. Uh, is that how old he was when he signed your book of poetry? <laughs> he was—he must have been in his in his eighties. Yeah, he must have been. He was an old guy. Nice, he nice. Scribbled it. Excellent. Uh, and uh, Bill, if uh, would you talk with Hitler about Billy Jack? Yes, I would, <laughs> but only in a threatening manner to let him know that Billy Jack was on his way. <laughs> sort of as a warning, right? Um, I should, I should, I will try to do this very quickly, but I should mention that I, I met the actor who played Billy Jack uh, when I went to drama school. He was really old and I didn't recognize him at the time, but he was brought in to my screenwriting class as an expert in storytelling. And he was just sort of babbling and I was sort of like making fun of him in my head. And all of a sudden I realized, holy shit, that is Billy Jack. And my blood kind of froze because I figured, you know, I have offended him. So I am about to get my jaw dislocated. But he was a little old, so it might have been hard for him to get his leg up that high. But so he did not, he didn't assault you? No, no, he argued with me a little bit, and I backed down because it was my childhood hero. Yeah. But, yeah. But, but do you think at that age he could have taken out Hitler? <laughs> what age Hitler? Uh, yeah. Is it baby Hitler? Yeah, baby Hitler. Sure, let's go with that. 
Could yeah, old man Billy so. Jack yeah. beat up baby Hitler? Yeah, yeah. We, we're, we're <laughs> like multiple hypotheticals now. <laughs> I'd say, yeah, you'd probably take a baby. Excellent. That's awesome. Okay, so Ken, go ahead and uh, just why do you hate the, the Disney Muppet movies? Because it's not a Muppet movie. It's Jason Siegel's Muppet fan fiction that puts him at the center of the film. You you barely get the the actual Muppets. It's not their story. It's it's Jason Siegel's character's story and his Muppet proxy Gary. Okay, so what would you do differently? I would make it about the Muppets first and foremost, a story that actually centered on whatever had to happen with with Kermit, Gonzo, Fonzie, the the, the core group of characters, and written with Jason Siegel. So would you make it? A, would you continue to make it a reboot film? If we were to do another one? No, no, if, if, if they had said, this Jason no, Siegel well, asshole I, I, isn't working I, I out. I think the other problem that the film had was it essentially approached and, said, and told the audience, an audience who may not be familiar with the Muppets, that you're trying to reintroduce, hey, these are hokey characters that we're going to try and save. And the world views them as hokey characters. That the entertainment industry views them as flawed hokey characters that are outside of their time, that are not relevant today. And suddenly, Jason Siegel and his, you know, magical Muppet fiction is going to make them relevant today because he's a superhero star and he's the ultimate fan and it's all about him. Well, for fan fiction, you could have got a lot worse, right? You could have fucked them all, sure. <laughs> you wanted blue, there, there's your blue. So, uh, what, how You're do you... You're a lot of anger, Ken. There is a lot. It was... Cause it, you wait so long after the disappointment of Muppets from Space... <laughs> oh, I will see you outside afterwards. To, hey, here's some money... Here's theoretically talented people that are be that have you know some clout within the industry to do whatever they want. I mean, the, the thing is, Jason Siegel was given a blank check. Oh, you're a huge Muppet fan. You have a name. You have a hit show. Go do whatever you want. They were basically hands off because Disney, for the ten years that had the Muppets, couldn't figure out what to do with them. So, I mean, the Muppets were based in the variety show, an aesthetic that has totally kind of left popular culture for the most part, especially for younger kids. Would have you reintroduced the concept the, the, of the, the variety the show? The TV show was based in variety show. The films were based on on rather loving parodies of, of the genres. They were genre picks. Okay, so let you me had the great road movie. You had the great heist movie. You let me the, let me let me pitch something right. to you. Uh, the reboot should have been done as a parody of a Jason Bourne spy film. And Kermit wakes up not knowing who he is. It has amazing martial arts abilities. Well, there, there was the whole amnesia aspect of Muppets Take Manhattan, so it would be kind of doing it all over again. Trying to remind Kermit of what he was and how he was important to everyone. But sure, if you want you to know what Jason... Yes, by a lot. Okay, so I'm curious uh, what the audience thinks. Uh, I'm going to ask you to applaud for the person that you think is most obsessed. Uh, is it Bill with Billy Jack? <laughs> no sale, huh, guys? <laughs> Is it Greg who would DVR Jimmy Stewart while making love? Uh, a for effort. Or uh, Ken Plume who wants to murder Jason Segel. So blind rage wins the day again. Yay. Let's get those pitchforks. Good job, Ken. Okay, so we've talked a lot about how these characters might come together. I'm going to go to the audience to get some suggestions. And what I'd like you guys to do is to kind of try to create a scene. Uh, are you comfortable, Greg, portraying Jimmy Stewart? I'll try my I'll try my damnedest. And, and Bill, are you comfortable portraying Billy Jack? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, and Ken, which Muppet would you like to be in this scenario? Dude. 
Okay, well, that, it, sure, it, it, I'll do it yeah. That's the easiest contribution oh. to this. Yeah, in an improv scenario, that's a great way to fuck your friends. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> Was it my suggestion? Yeah. No, and... Okay. <laughs> so we have Jimmy Stewart, uh, we have Billy Jack, uh, and we have a Muppet who is probably not going to contribute to the conversation in a substantive yeah. manner. Yeah, Where are they? Go ahead and shout something out. They're in a bomb shelter. Okay. In what con? In World, War- they're in a bomb shelter in World War II Germany. And what conflict do they have? They only have one Twinkie left. Okay. So Jimmy Stewart, can you start by making an argument for your Twinkie? Go right, You got it. Oh, oh, fellas. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've been out. Are you having an orgasm? Oh, no, I'm just I'm just tired. I just got back from flying my B2 bomber, and boy, I could go for a Twinkie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, my boy. I uh, I just took on a bunch of Nazis who are just like America will be in 30 years with my bare hands. I'm kind of hungry too. Just oh, like that was, just that like, was delicious. Well, I guess the scene's over. <laughs> well, since uh, since we have Jim- a result. <laughs> since Jimmy Stewart just Thanks totally for your contribution, Beaker. <laughs> Beaker's just lurking in the corner of the bunker. I think that was very very successful. That so was, that was goddamn efficient. <laughs> so I would like to do another. So, oh look, there's another twinkling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, God, he ate it again. (laughs) We could just do a lightning round of things that Jimmy Stewart is eating. (laughs) Ding dong's over here. Oh, it's ding dong. (laughs) He only eats cheap baked goods. (laughs) Part of America. These haven't even been invented yet. (laughs) Oh, man, a ding dong just turns him into Sean Connery. (laughs) (laughs) Fight you, I'll just use my thumbs. Uh, Okay, so what what would you guys like to hear Billy Jack eat? (laughs) Toblerone. Billy Jack, can you eat some Toblerone? It's Toblerone, except it's imported by an American company that is very unsavory and has done bad things to the Native American community. Somebody come over here so I can kick them! It's actually pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And uh, what would you like to hear uh, Beaker eat? A Twizzler. Kermit. <laughs> Beaker is eating uh, a Twizzler followed by Kermit. So first, let us hear what it sounds like when he's eating the Twizzler, and then what it sounds like when he's eating Kermit. <laughs> was that that was the Twizzler? That was Kermit. That was a sentient Twizzler. <laughs> yeah, of course, the Twizzler's a Muppet too. Excellent. Do you want to do a different Muppet eating something? <laughs> I, I'd like to hear. I love I'd, like to hear I'd like to hear Scooter eating some beef stroganoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, sure, I love beef stroganoff. It's the best ever. My uncle makes beef stroganoff. That's the best. There, there's your, your beef stroganoff eating. Uh, mm, beef beef stroganoff. Just as he's talking. Oh boy. Yeah. So can we can we hear Scooter eating beef stroganoff silently? <laughs> Done. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Excellent. Fozzie eating a Dungeness crab. Go. Yeah. <laughs> waka waka crab. 
<laughs> waka waka, waka waka crab. <laughs> he's, well, that was the punchline. He's like at a red door thing. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, let's do one last uh, scenario, uh, and we'll hear what each of them sounds like eating the same thing. So, what uh, what what thing would you like them to eat? Tacos. Tacos. Thank you very much. So, uh, how about animal eating a taco? Animal crunch. <laughs> You're v- they're very descriptive about eating. <laughs> well, that would be how animal would eat a taco, though. Tacos. 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 There. Did we just max out your? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was great. That was great. Uh, okay. Uh, so uh, we'll close with Jimmy Stewart. So uh, Billy Jack eating a taco. Tacos. <laughs> tacos were co-opted from the Mexicans by imperialist Americans, and yet they are very delicious. Uh, I have to gain 300 pounds in the next 20 years. So. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. And uh, Jimmy Stewart, could you eat, eat a taco? Oh! <laughs> After my orgasm, oh. I'm going to have a taco. Oh! Oh! Oh, I, I am, I'm famished. What, what, what's this on this plate? It's some unusual international food. <laughs> I've never seen this before. It looks like a hamburger with some sort of a shell. I didn't... <laughs> oh my goodness, it's delicious, Mary! Mary, come in here. Bring Uncle Billy. I've got to try that. This is delicious. Every time a bell goes ding dong, an angel eats a taco. <laughs> That, that that was, was wonderful. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, okay, so uh, I want to I want to close out the podcast as we always do with uh, some final, uh, very serious questions, and they don't necessarily have to be related uh, to your topic. So, Ken, if you were a musical instrument, what musical instrument would you be? Piano horn. Well, I don't know what a piano horn is. Piano horn is a cheap plastic version of a melodica, right? Is that what it's, so essentially it's it's a flute with piano keys on it that you can play. So you would be an obscure version of an obscure instrument. A cheap novelty a instrument is what I would be. That's perfect. That's lovely. Thank you for agreeing with my assessment as being a cheap novelty. Not a cheap novelty. <laughs> Thank you for seconding myself of you. No, it's, it's, it's accessible. Is what yes, it is. yeah. It's, yeah. I was about to say cheap, but that's further demeaning myself. Uh, yeah, it's it's for for the common man, for kids. Yeah, it's it yeah it's something that has entertainment value for all ages, and yes. there are layers easily accessible of bizarre knowledge, which is perfect yes. for you. Uh, and uh, Greg, if you were a pro wrestler, what would your wrestling name be? Um, the Napper. <laughs> because he uh, likes to avoid conflict, and he does so by uh, crawling up into a little ball and going to sleep. Aww. Yeah, I'm not a fighter, I, but I do enjoy naps. Would he, would he sleep on other people? Uh, no, he'd, he'd probably pretty much just go into a corner of the ring and just take a little nap, you know? Just be like, Do you guys, where are you on, guys? I, I just have to, oh, God, I just have to take a little nap. And then he'd be out. <laughs> Sweet. Nice. And uh, Bill, if you could travel back in time and ride any dinosaur, what kind of dinosaur would you ride? Oh wow! You know, I would have said uh, Velociraptor up until recently because I thought they were the size of you know the ones in Jurassic Park. Right. But they're actually like little turkey size. 
I'd learn. So I would, um, gee, I probably a, a Triceratops. I always think they're the coolest. Yeah. They have that, that, that Billy Jack quality. They're, like, <laughs> they're not looking for any trouble, you know, with the T-Rex. They're vegetarians. Right. But don't fuck with them. But yeah, but they could give it to you yeah. if needed. They could give you trouble. They are the dinosaur equivalent of Billy Jack. <laughs> I really I'm like... i to bring it home thematically, dude. <laughs> it works. <laughs> I like the mental picture that you're sitting on top of the Triceratops and you kind of gently nudge its head away from violence. We're not but then for trouble. you might have to swing back That's towards violence. Right. Those, stab. those big horns come in. <laughs> they mean business. Okay, so the, the final question for everyone on the podcast, uh, starting with you, Ken, is what is happiness? The Muppet movie. The Disney's Muppet movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, Joseph. <laughs> 1979, the Muppet movie. The one and only. Excellent. Yes. Uh, and Greg, what is happiness? First of all, I don't disagree with Ken. Um, but uh, I think happiness is uh, probably a, a good nap, uh, something chocolate, and um, and, and and love. <laughs> Making love while Jimmy Stewart's on the tube. Excellent. And Bill, what is happiness? I just gave my answer. Oh, you did. You did. <laughs> <laughs> happiness is um, coming to the end of a podcast. Knowing that every damn thing you said was pure gold. And that's what I'm feeling right now. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Molly, please take us home. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guests got some secrets off their chest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Obsessed. Thank you very much. That is our podcast. Yeah!